The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Ah, uh, yes, sir. It's the local hour tonight to lead off the show on Hump Day. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Thanks again to Kai Carlin for kicking things off with me tonight to talk some hoops. Now let's transition to the gridiron and talk some Eagles and NFL with our insider, John McMullen. Follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 John, we missed out on the James Harden sweepstakes. You and I are the only ones that seem to care. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I'm willing to give uh, Daryl Morey the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Mm -hmm. he knows uh, James Harden better than anybody. But I got to tell you, Ryan, I I mean, eight-time All-Star, three-time scoring champion, MVP, let's not give up a rookie role player who had some numbers in a (laughs) COVID-19 game. What in the world? It's unbelievable. You think you're getting a player like that without giving up assets. I, I mean, it is unbelievable to me. But like I said, I mean, if you want to talk about him being out of shape, if you want to talk about his attitude on his way out of Houston, those are legitimate concerns and criticisms. And like I said, I, I'm willing – I, I, I'm willing to give Daryl the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, oh, we can't give up a rookie and a defensive specialist. Oh, I, I and I'm not talking about Ben Simmons. Obviously, you got to get give up Ben Simmons as the centerpiece, but yeah. role players, Thibel. I, I mean, I, I just I don't understand this fan base. And my prediction was, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a rant. No, I love it. Go. <laughs> if they would have watched James Harden and Joel Embiid together for 10 minutes, yes, they would have changed their tune. <laughs> Every single one of them. Every single one. I, that That is the only reason. And I shouldn't say only reason because I'm not going to act too petty. But <laughs> I was like, man, I want this deal to happen so bad because I was, just, I, I was confident in my opinion and assessment. And I said this today with Rich Q after the trade. I was on Back Your Play. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 4 to 6 here on 1490. But he was like, oh, man, you must be salty now. And I was like, no, 
I'm not salty. Uh, I'm not salty. I, I was like, I, I just right. I, I know that an elite scoring ball handler with Embiid would make this team better than it is with Ben Simmons having the ball in his hands. And it's not an indictment on Ben Simmons. That's just the reality. So I would have loved to see all these people shut up and be forced to cheer cheer that on. Yeah, because it would have been great. It, it would have been. And, and look, I, I don't even think they win a championship with that. I, I just think they're a heck of a lot closer. That's how you have to play in this league. You need guys who can finish down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, and this is a finisher. And people can point out that he hasn't won a championship. And um, I, yes. Oh, okay. Who has on this team? I, I don't. I, <laughs> Dwight I don't Howard. Understand it. And, and, and this youth, man, it's, it's like. In the NFL, and we'll have to shift to that. Unfortunately, I'd like to talk about this all night, but <laughs> I know. Uh, you, you know, people talk about draft picks, and I'm like, man, if you got a proven player, take the proven player. Exactly. I, I, I just, I will never understand it. Now, it's not that simple. As again, you know, obviously people do decline, and he hasn't kept himself in shape. And as I said, all that stuff is legitimate, but. You're, this is a, you know, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it. This is a generational scorer. Yeah. This is one of the purest, greatest scores in NBA history. This is like a 50 home run hitter. So you can talk about uh, a five-tool player. I'm going to use the Jim Schwartz baseball analogy. Uh, who, who plays great shortstop and can steal 20 bases and hits 300 and hits 20 home runs. But guess what? Give me the 50 home run guy. Right. Because he's going to have more of an impact on the game. And it's always been that way. And it's always going to be that way. And that's what that's what James Harden is when he's clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, he'd be obviously the best scorer in this town since Allen Iverson. People seem to like him. He had flaws. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that's perfect way to end it. And I'll just throw this added thing to it. I don't even want you to respond because we have to shift to NFL, like you said. But it, it's like the baseball argument where people say, you know, you have an opportunity to get Garrett Cole making this up, but you have to trade away some prospects and it's like yeah, exactly. the prospects, 95% of the prospects don't pan out. You want to hold on to them like it's an Apple stock from 15 years ago. Like, what are you talking about? You're, you're screaming about prospects. It's, it's, it's laughable. Um, yeah, it's maddening. And you're going to see it. It always happens in the NFL draft where you're, everybody, you get to the combine and there's 60 first-round picks. And then you get to see – and everybody's so excited, uh, excited to see Jalen Rager right up until they see Jalen Rager. And I go, what the hell is wrong with the coaching staff? <laughs> right. Well, maybe he can't run around. That's why. Oh, man. All right, let's get to the NFL and the Eagles. Um, busy in their head coaching search, so why don't you fill us in? I know there was a meeting with a particular defensive coordinator down in Florida. Yeah, and it was interesting. I think a lot of people thought uh, the New York Jets were going to lock things down with Robert Sala uh, today. Uh, they had a second interview, uh, and all of a sudden it didn't happen, and, and he's whisking off to South Florida to see Jeffrey Lurie, who's 
down in Palm Beach, away from <laughs> all the angst in Philadelphia that is uh, uh, being pointed at him these days. And uh, yeah, two interviews today. They also interviewed Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator uh, in Carolina, and obviously a lot of people remember him from LSU even more so. But um, and, and Arthur Smith is going to be tomorrow. Uh, and as I just said, I, I, I pointed to the 2016 search. The Eagles had six interviews uh, with Stu Staley, Pat Shermer, uh, Adam Gase, uh, Ben McAdoo, Doug Peterson, Tom Coughlin. Um, those were the six interviews. And I think if you look back in hindsight on that, it's not too exciting, uh, other than the guy they ultimately lucked out and, and hired. Uh, so I wouldn't get too high with any of these names. I wouldn't get too low. But I will say this. They're working from the same list as everybody else. So for all the talk of innovative and forward thinking, uh, guess what? There's seven teams looking for a head coach. Six of them interviewed Robert Sella. Uh, Brady's had multiple interviews. Smith is, is interviewing with four teams over a two-day two day period. They're They're working on the same list as everybody else. So uh, this nonsense yeah. about innovation, groupthink like everybody else. Yeah, it's it's just a revolving door, and um, it's just passing off from one job to the next. But who is Robert Sala? For for the average fan, we know he's the big jacked guy that we often see when the Niners play on national television next to Shanahan as the D.C., but he reminds me of a Vrabel type of potential head coach, what can he bring, your opinion, as a head coach, John? Well, and I think, uh, uh, you know, the one thing everybody says about Robert uh, is is leadership, is energy. So I think that part's really good because I think that's the most important part. I've said that consistently through the Doug Peterson uh, regime. I think uh, the ability to lead people, manage people, uh, is much more, much more important than scheme, but everybody gets mucked up in scheme. And that's the interesting part, because guess what Robert Sala is scheme-wise? He's going to run the wide nine up front, the, the dreaded wide nine <laughs> that everyone hates, and Jim Schwartz is an idiot. He runs <laughs> the same thing, uh, and he backs it up with cover three. Uh, which people are going to hate even more uh, than what Jim did. But guess what? In San Francisco, when Nick Bosa showed up, that wide nine looked pretty darn good. So it's always about, I constantly say this as well, you know, Ryan, it's always about who your players are, who your personnel is. And you go back to a guy like Adam Gase. I talked about him in 2016. He was the hottest candidate on the market. It wasn't just the Eagles. The Eagles wanted him. Um, he was the first major interview. They interviewed Deuce uh, before, obviously, in-house. Because remember, they they um, they fired Chip Kelly early. So they were able to get, um, unfortunately, the Rooney Rule candidate. Because let's be honest, Deuce didn't have a real shot to get the job. Uh, and then they also interviewed Pat Shermer because he was the interim coach. Uh, but their first real interview was Gase. And they wanted to bring him back for the second interview. And by that point, he had demanded uh, control over the 53-man roster. The Eagles weren't willing to give him that. Uh, and he got it in Miami. 
Um, and we all know he's turned into basically the punchline of a joke as the Jets uh, coach recently fired. But if you think about Adam Gase, what, what made Adam Gase? Peyton Manning. What made Robert Sala? Nick Bosa. What made, yeah, I think the best example of this, because he got 117 jobs off this, was Norv Turner, who was made by Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael Irvin. And for years, I always joked, it was an indictable offense to criticize Norv Turner, who was terrible as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, and multiple jobs. So don't get too high, don't get too low. But I, I will say the Eagles are working off the same list as everybody else. Where do you expect these head coaches to uh, fall here? And I know that's a big a big ask for you to predict that, but it's more in regards to you mentioning the same same candidates getting interviewed for all these different jobs, and it's always just uh, swapping of head coaches. There's really no innovation. So where do these guys end up is the question, I guess. Well, I think when the first domino starts to fall, that's when other teams start to get jittery. It's, it's, it's almost comical. The same thing happens every time. The same thing happens every year. Um, and it's usually the same amount of teams. It's usually six, seven, at the most, eight. It's almost hilarious how um, the same cycle repeats itself. And as, as I mentioned, you have the same guys. Each year you have the hot candidates. I'll give uh, Jimmy Kemsky credit for this because he tweeted, but I always think the same thing. Uh, if you if you've ever seen Zoolander, uh, Mugato, who's Will Ferrell, says yep. <laughs> he's <laughs> talking about Hansel, uh, who was Owen Wilson. He said that Hansel's so hot yep. right now as a male model. <laughs> that's what these coaches are. Oh, Robert Sala's so hot right now. Uh, that's what it reminds me of. Uh, and and generally, again, it's the talent that they have at their coordinator spots that makes them and turns them into this. But I thought Salah was going to be that first domino and I thought he was going to go to, to the jets and that's still a possibility. And then when you see uh, the other dominoes start to fall, I know Deshaun Watson is working very hard to get Eric the enemy in Houston. And I don't think he's going to be relevant here. Um, uh, I, I think for the offensive coaches' perspective, uh, I think they would all want the Chargers first because of, uh, of Justin Herbert. And um, uh, th then you're talking about the Arthur Smiths of the world, the Joe Brady's of the world. I think that would be their preferred landing spot. And, and again, everybody's interviewing in all these spots. And then you talk about the leftovers. So I think it's going to, for, for the Eagles in, in 2016, they wanted Gase, they didn't get him. They wanted Ben McAdoo, they didn't get him. And then they, they had to go the leftovers. And at the very end, we're debating a 70-year-old Tom Coughlin and, and Doug Peterson, and, and they ultimately made the right decision. Um, I think it's going to be like that again uh, this time around. I think it's going to be the leftovers uh, once those three teams pick. And Jacksonville, 
uh, is an outlier because they're a disaster. I mean, they're going all in on Urban Meyer, and if they don't get him, um, we'll see what what direction they go. But, you know, the Eagles aren't a desirable spot right now because of the ownership and the GM and the fact that it's pretty evident they're not going to be offering any kind of significant power. Uh, so you're probably looking at, and I've said it, I think, pretty consistently, you're probably looking at either a first-time coach that will be willing uh, to have coordinators hired for him uh, or, you know, the safety net, which would always be Deuce Staley. What are the chances Doug Peterson takes a year off? I think very good. I think I, I mentioned from the start, the timing really hurt Doug. I mean, teams were deep into these uh, hiring processes uh, after Black Monday. And a lot of them have already done all their due diligence and are into, as I mentioned today, um, Sal is already in the second interviews um, with the Jets and other people are set up. Uh, um, uh, uh, Arthur uh, already had two interviews, I think, with the Falcons. So he's he's already in that second interview phase. So a lot of Almost all of these teams, all of these teams, in fact, except the Eagles and Jaguars, uh, Jaguars um, are, are, are deep into the process. And, and Jacksonville, because they focused on one guy, that's the only reason they're not as deep into it. So um, it, it, it's going to be difficult from a timing standpoint. So I think the smart thing is for Doug Peterson uh, to sit out a year for two reasons. One, he's under contract for two more years with the Eagles, so Jeffrey's got to pay him uh, to sit at home. And and secondly, um, he he will have a better chance with a more open landscape and and next year because as I said, like clockwork, it'll be six, seven, eight teams, and he'll be, you know, from day one uh, on people's minds. What are the chances the Eagles get a wide receiver with the number six pick? Devontae Smith being uh, the guy. I think, I think they're very good. I, I I don't think it's going to be uh, Devontae Smith because, you know, there's a lot of recency bias. Yeah. Uh, and obviously um, playing so explosively on the biggest stage in, in college football, winning the Heisman, I think, you know, um, NFL executives, especially, you know, when if you think about it, when you're at the top of the draft, you're bad teams, and bad teams usually means bad organizations. So, and, and by the way, I'm not saying he's he's a bad player. He's a great player. He's worthy of, of being a top-five pick. But I think, you know, if you didn't have that, most people would say uh, Jamar Chase was a little bit better. Uh, but I think that's kind of flip-flopped. Uh, and and by a little bit better, I mean projecting at the NFL level. Um, and I think that's kind of flip-flop now. So uh, both of those guys have a chance to go top five. And I think Chase is the only one that could potentially fall to the Eagles at six. And if he's there at six, they better think about taking him. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to be – 
We'll be talking plenty about that as the draft inches closer. Talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider, at JF McMullen on Twitter. Uh, John, we have about five, ten minutes left. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL Divisional Weekend here. Um, you know, over the past nine years, there's only been two years where the home teams went 4-0. There's been a year that they went 2-2. Two and two. And then six times, there's been a 3-1 and one record in favor of the home team. So I ask you, who's the road team this weekend that you feel confident is going to walk out with a win? Well, I, I, I will say, you know, and I've been saying this all year, this is, and, and the statistics uh, bear it out now, I mean, this is home field advantage has not existed this year because of COVID-19. And it, it's basically uh, the least home field advantage and, and certainly the Super Bowl era. Um, and it has been that way all, all season. Um, now, the difficulties, what shifts things a little bit this week is you have uh, Buffalo, uh, obviously, uh, potentially um, a snow game uh, as the weather still probably a little bit too early. And you have Green Bay, which is um, always the potential of just awful cold. Um, and that does become uh, a little bit of, of a home field advantage um, even in this type of environment. So I, I do think um, that could shift things towards the home team uh, and, and, and likely will. Uh, and then he talked about uh, Kansas City, um, such a dominant team, and it's hard to imagine anybody beating them uh, at this point uh, outside of a, a disastrous COVID situation or um, a disastrous injury, that's probably not going to happen at practice. So you start to think about who, uh, where, who could lose. And, um, you know, the one team I look at that I kind of mentioned um, is, I think, a little bit overrated um, and wasn't going to matter in the first round because the Bears are so terrible and shouldn't be in the playoffs. But that would be New Orleans to me. I, I don't think they're nearly as good as people think they are. Yeah, and you and I have been on the same page with that uh, for a little bit now. Um, you know, and that's that's a three point spread. The the slight favorite in favor of the Saints for being at home. Um, then you have the Ravens and the Bills. That's down to two and a half. So those games are are really tough to predict. And then you have the bigger spread games with the Rams at Lambeau, uh, about a touchdown, and then Browns and Chiefs at ten. The Rams are interesting to me, John, and, and this just seems like the Packers' year. Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable per usual. Uh, but the Rams' defense impressed me last week, and you know, I don't know what your thoughts thoughts are if there's any chance the Rams can go into Lambeau and, and come out of there with a win. Uh, I, I am very interested to see that game because that is, to me, that is – the best defense in the NFL this season. And, and we talk about uh, people doing the same stuff. And I mentioned, you know, Robert Seller running, you know, cover three beyond line nine, you know, Brandon Staley does some different things. And I, you know, he, he, he's almost brought the Sean 
McVeigh mentality of offense to the defensive side of the football. By that, I mean, and I don't like this because I think it's, I, I talk about it all the time from an aesthetic standpoint. He just tries to play numbers, which tends to look like ugly football, but it's worked. Um, and it's, it's, you know, maybe it's a flash in the pan, but it's work uh, in the short term. Uh, and I, it's going to be interesting because it has been nearly impossible to stop Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and ultimately, I think, look, even if you do a good job against them, the Packers are going to score a lot. And, you know, if you give up 28, for instance, um, that's good. So can you score 30? And it's interesting, you know, for the Rams, as Sean McVay has gotten there, uh, it's been the offense, offense, offense. Now the strength of that team is clearly the defense. And I don't know if they're capable, certainly with Jared Goff not healthy. Uh, and by the way, I mean, he wanted to play John Walford even if he was healthy, which tells you he's kind of out of – he doesn't believe in his quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if they're capable of scoring um, that many points. So uh, they would need a Herculean effort uh, to beat the Packers in, in my mind. Last one here before I let you go, John. Is there any chance that McVay wants out of L.A., really for the reason that you just mentioned? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I – it's always frustrating. I mean, same thing we talked about with Doug, with Carson. It's a, it's not that bad, but it's at least somewhat similar. Um, but if you're if you're a head coach, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go through these cycles, and you you kind of have to understand that. And I think he understands that. And um, the interesting thing is, how do you get out? Of, of that type of contract if you really don't believe in the quarterback. And maybe it, it is simply the injury. Uh, but, you know, Sean McVay uh, deserves um, some criticism as well because, you know, w- when you have a good idea, uh, and we saw it here with Chip Kelly, and uh, obviously Sean's known for all that pre-snap motion and, and movement and, sort of eyewash and then people adjust you have to adjust back so it's you know he's got to um shift some things as well and i think you know i think it was ben finnell who tweeted this so i'll give him credit it's interesting for instance nobody uses rpos less than the rams nobody and it's a ridiculous number uh of less than two percent and you know that's part of part of modern football and that so you know, he's got to figure out a way how to do some different things and just not keep rolling the same thing. And if, it, if you go back to the Super Bowl, that's a perfect example. I mean, Belichick had a beat on him. And it was just 11 personnel the whole game. He never changed. He never shifted. So that's a concern with the head coach as well. John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider, for his nightly appearance on The Fix every night at 10.30. Follow John at JF McMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and every Saturday at 10 a.m., host of Extending the Play. All right, John, I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Yep, thank you.
Good stuff from John, as always. Nothing new. All right, let's get to a break. One hour down just like that. 11 p.m., we have Kelly Bidlin from the VEASAN Network. You may hear Kelly every night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., primetime action before the fix goes live. We'll talk NFL and best bets for this weekend, his thoughts. Maybe squeeze in some NBA. Stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.